0: James Bibles, please turn over to the book of Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 19 and verse 14 and we ask if you're able to stand out of respect of God's word, Exodus chapter 19 and verse 14, you're going to look at this verse and say what in the why world, how can you preach a message out on this, but you will see as we get into this. This is of the utmost importance, I believe, especially in this day and age. Exodus 19, verse 14, And Moses came down from the mountain unto the people, and he sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. The title of the message this morning is Preparing to Meet God. Preparing to Meet God. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll begin. Our wonderful Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and how pure and plain it is. And now, Lord, as we cover this important subject, I pray that you work in the hearts of these dear people. I cannot do this myself. I need your wisdom, strength, and power. And Lord, if there's somebody here not sure they're going to heaven, that today might be their day of salvation. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. you. may be seated. <clears throat> Preparing to meet God, a very, very important thing here. Moses had been spending time on Mount Sinai with God. He was receiving, of course, the Ten Commandments and so on, all this stuff. But also, God wanted to greet, meet the people. So Moses came down from the mount, and here's the people, and there's several things in here that happened as they were preparing to meet God. Today, we come to church. We're meeting God. And a lot of people have no clue what they're supposed to be doing before they come to church or why they're at church about... Meeting God and that's what we're going to talk about this morning is preparing to meet God because these people here with Moses did some very very important things that I think need to be covered about coming to church and meeting God. The first thing is this is getting ready to go to church before you ever get here getting ready to go to church. The first thing is this we should be happy about coming to church. We should be happy. The Bible says in Psalms 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Notice the word glad is right in the verse. A lot of people, when they come to church, they've come here and they've they got this look on their face like this. I dare you to preach at me. I dare you to make me get something out of the message. Yeah, well, I'll be glad when this guy shuts up and it's time for lunch. How long is he going to preach? Yeah. They've got a bad attitude before they even get here. And some are trying to find an excuse not to come. I remember when I was in college, I was in a bus route, and one lady would not let her son come because he coughed once during the night. My son coughed last night, so he can't come to church. (laughs) Just once. He just coughed once. You know, any excuse they can find. Hey, we should be happy about coming to church. This is God's house and if we love the Lord and we're Christians and we want to serve the Lord this should be a wonderful place because this is where your family is at this is your Christian family they love you you fellowship with them they pray for you when you're sick they help you out we all work together as a family we do things together here and this is wonderful and they encourage you you should be excited about coming here besides that this isn't just any place this is God's house. This is God's house. And we should be excited about coming to God's house. Now, notice something else in this verse. It says, and they washed the people what? They washed their clothes. You say, why is this in the Bible? Okay, so they did their laundry. Big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. Because who were they going to meet? They were going to meet God. So, they wanted to wear the best clothes they had. They wanted to wear the Sunday best. So they made sure their clothes were clean. They were clean. Why? Because they were coming to meet God. So some of you kids might ask this question. Why do I have to get dressed up for church? Oh, I had the same question. You know, back when I was a boy, I loved wearing my blue jeans and my T-shirt and playing with my matchbox cars. Who wanted to put on a shirt and tie and come to church, right? But my dad told me, according to the Bible, that we are supposed to wear our Sunday best. And here it is right here in Scripture. These people washed their clothes. Why? They were going to meet God. Now let's turn this around. Let's say that Jesus was coming to your house. He called you up and said, I'm coming to your house. Tell me something. Would you do some things? Oh, yeah. You'd be cleaning up the house. You'd make sure it all looked nice. You'd make sure all the carpets were vacuumed and everything and you had your best china out. Besides that, though, you'd make sure everybody in the house looked nice. Why? Because you're having a very special guest. Jesus is coming to your house. Well, aren't we coming to Jesus' house? We are. So we're meeting Jesus here. So we should look nice when we come to church. A lot of people, yes, they take a bath, and that's important, but there's more than just taking a bath. We should look nice when we come to church, and that's why it's important for us to wear some nice clothes. And then there's another thing in this verse that says that Moses sanctified the people. He sanctified the people. Now, what does that mean? That means to purify or keep holy. Now, this is important, and this right here is what a lot of people don't do before they come to church. And this is why they can't get stuff out of the message. This is a lot of times why they have a bad attitude. Why they can't have it. You know why? Because they forgot to sanctify themselves. Before you ever come to church, it's important that you make sure that your life is right with God. That your heart is in the right place. It wouldn't hurt to spend some time in prayer saying, Lord, I'm getting ready to come to your house. I'm prepared to hear your message. Lord, please speak to my heart. Please show me something out of your word that I need to hear. You say, Wow, I never thought of that. Yes, I remember when I was a boy, it shocked me at first. When I would come to church, There's some people that would be sitting in their pews and they had their head bowed like this. And I thought at first they were sleeping. And I was going to go both of them say, Hey, excited to wake up by death. I said, No, 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 don't, you, don't, don't do that. He said, You know what they're doing? They're praying. They were being biblical. They were sanctifying their hearts before the service. Or maybe even praying for someone they had invited to church. That they might come. And that they might hear the gospel. And that they might get saved. This is a serious thing. So I ask you, how much do you prepare before you come to this house? Because a lot of people, they just come and they sit here and say, oh, this is nice. But wait a minute. If your heart's in the right place and you're anxious to hear the preaching because God's working on your heart already because you sanctified yourself, you know what? That's going to make all the difference in the world. Here's the next thing. How to behave in church. Now, this is a good one. As I mentioned last night, after I left the prison uh, for a little bit, I was an assistant pastor in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This pastor wanted me because all the members, without, with very few besides my wife and I, I think there's another couple, there's one more couple besides us. Everybody else was all ex-druggies, ex-druggers, or ex-inmates, or all three. They had never been to church before till they were led to the Lord and come to this church. And they had children. So one of the things the pastor wanted me to do was to start a junior church. So my wife and I started this junior church. And uh, these kids had no clue how to behave in church. So what we did we took one Sunday, and my wife and I did an object lesson to show them how they were acting in church and how they should act in church. In other words, how to behave in church. All oh, the kids loved it. And they came out of church, and they told Pastor Matthew, saying, oh, you know what Pastor Barker taught on today? He talked about how to behave in church, and now we know how to behave in church. And Pastor Method says, well, praise God. You know what? And he looks at me and he says, I think you ought to preach that at big church. I thought he was joking. And I laughed. And he said, no. He says, I'm serious. He said, next Sunday night, he said, I want you to preach to the adults about how to behave in church. Because a lot of them had never learned, you know, they they came straight from the bar to church after they got saved, you know. They, They don't know how to act. So I did this with my wife and it went over very well. And we had a special message one time about why we have communion. And we're going to cover a little bit about making a decision this morning and all that stuff. But you know it's so, so important to be able to know how to do these things. So the first thing is this. We should be ready to worship God. We should be ready to worship God. The Bible says in Psalms 27 verse 4, One thing have I desired all my life, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to choir in his temple." We're not just coming to church to say, hi, how you doing, Brother Teasdale? Well, that's part of it. Fellowship and yeah, that's true. But wait a minute. We're coming to worship God. We don't just have songs here for a slot to fill in time. No, this is part of the worship service. Think about the words that we're singing. What are they about? They're about praising God. And speaking to our heart, man, I'll tell you what, if you looked at some of the words in these hymns, they would convict your heart even before you got to the message. I'm telling you, it would. Because they all came from the Bible to begin with. But I'm telling you, this is part of the worship service. And when when somebody plays a piano, like I might do a piano special tonight for you, brother, if you want. I'm not doing it for my glory. Say, look how good I can play the piano. I'm doing it for God's glory. Because this is part of worshiping, okay? And this is part of the worship service. So we should be ready to worship God. Now here's another one. We should be careful how we act. Take your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We covered part of this last night. And for those that weren't here, we're going to cover part of it again. But there's more in here than that. But this is a very important verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. It says... Keep thy foot when thou goest into the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Now, the first part we didn't cover. It said, Keep thy foot when thou goest into the house of God. As we taught these children in junior church, I came up with a little rhyme that they caught on and they loved. It goes like this. We come to church as quiet as a mouse. We do not run. It is God's house. They loved it. And it caught on. And it worked. Because before they were running all over the place and getting in everything. And I said, no, 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 no. We come to church as quiet as a mouse. We do not run. It is God's house. How we act in church is so important. This is why the Bible says, keep thy foot from the ghost into the house of God. Now. For you kids that might think that mom and dad are being really mean when they make you behave in church or else, and by the way, I was one of those kids that had to behave or else. Matter of fact, I was so bad sometimes, I had to sit right next to mom. Oh man, that was bad. That's why my ears are so big. She'd pull on this ear she'd pull on that ear, you know. But anyway, I'm glad she was because one day my dad was preaching on salvation and hell and I, I was listening to the message and got convicted and wound up accepting the Lord. Amen? But wait a minute. There's more important than this. Why should you behave in church? I'll tell you why. Because if you start acting up, What's going to happen is we might have visitors come to church. And instead of listening to the preaching and watching the preacher, guess who they're going to look at? You. That's right. You misbehave and you're the one putting on the show. So now they're watching you instead of hearing the preaching. And they might be unsaved. They not, may not know for sure they're going to heaven. And the preacher might be just getting to the right part about how to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. And instead of hearing that... They're watching you. Oh, how important it is how we act in church. I remember this like yesterday. I was around, oh, about 11 and a half years old, just about the time I started memorizing verses. I had four sisters and no brothers, okay? And so my dad invited me to go with him to a special Good Friday service. Just me. All four sisters had to stay home. Just dad and I. Oh, man, I love it. But this was a neat church because it was an old church. It was in Bloomingdale, Illinois. And I guess it was old enough that one time Abraham Lincoln sat in it. Now, that fascinated me. I wanted to go just to see that church, you know. But my dad, so he says, he said, okay. Now, we got in the car and on the way over there, he said, now, David, he said, I am the guest speaker. And you're my son. They are going to be watching you and how you behave. And I'm telling you that if you misbehave, I'm going to spank you within the inch of your life. <laughs> I, I understood that. So I got there and he started preaching and uh, went through the message and everything. And afterwards, about five or six people came up to him and said, wow. and said, I want to tell you about your son. And the first thing my dad said was, what did he do? What did he do? And he said, he didn't do anything. I can't believe it. He sat there through the whole service and hardly moved a muscle. I've never seen a boy that age behave that well in a long time. My dad was proud of me. As a matter of fact, he was so proud of me that we stopped the Dairy Queen and I got a large banana milkshake out of the deal. Amen. And you know, that that time, it all kind of fit together. Because before that, I'm just thinking, Okay, i got to behave. I'm the preacher's kid. Everybody's watching me. But now it all came together. Because I saw that because I was behaving, the people were watching me. But they also were able to hear my dad's message more because I wasn't misbehaving. Oh, how important that was to behave myself in church. And then it goes on to say, to offer the sacrifice to fools. We talked about this last night. What does that mean? That means some people try to pay off God when they come to church. They want to give their money to God and then go out to do what they want to do. It doesn't work that way. And I talked last night about one man in our church that would come only every third Sunday, and he you know, most people they put their money they crumple it up, you know, in their hand or something and put it in, or they put it in an envelope. Not this guy. He made sure the the usher, that was me one of the time. He wanted the preacher's kid to see it. He wanted to make sure everybody saw his $100 bill. He was putting it like, here you are, Lord. Here's my $100 bill. Yeah. (laughs) You know what he was doing? He was offering the sacrifice of fools. He was just giving this to God, thinking, I give this to God, and then God can allow me to do whatever I want for the rest of the week or how much time he's out of church. No, 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 that's not why we give. We covered that last night. But that's offering the sacrifice of fools. And the Bible says, for they consider not that they do evil. How important this is. Okay, what else about behavior church? We should be ready to hear the preaching. This is important. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 5, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain to the wise counsels. That's so important. By the way, the preacher is God's man. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you passages according to my heart, which will fill you with knowledge and understanding. So, this is the way I was taught, and I understand it this way. When the preacher's up here preaching, no matter who it is, he got his message from God. So it's just if Brother Teasdale was able to invite the Lord Jesus Christ himself to come and preach, even though he's preacher, I'm preacher, whatever, this is the message from the Lord. That's the way we should be hearing the preaching. Wow. Yeah. And you know, you get more out of it that way when you're wanting to be taught. You're anxious to hear what God has to say. Remember, this is why you sanctified yourself, this is why you prepared yourself for this. This is so important. Now, also why we're in church. We should be careful what we say. Look at Ecclesiastes 5, verse 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, neither be thou hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, thou and upon the earth, therefore let thy words be few. Wow. Be careful what you say in church. Again, if there's visitors here, and you're saying something behind somebody's back like, did you see that Mrs. Teasdale? I'll tell you what. She needs to learn what an iron board is. Her skirt was all wrinkled. Man, I'll tell you what, a pastor's wife. Okay? And did you see that kid over there? Man, don't they know how to take care of that baby? They just let him run all over the church. Yeah. And you know what they're doing? They're cutting down the pastor's wife and, and the kids and so on. And the people are hearing this. and Well, they don't really love their pastor. Wow. So what are they going to say? Well, I don't know if I want to come back to this church. They don't even love the pastor. They're talking behind his back, and he's not even here. Oh, yeah. Be careful what you say. Remember, we are a testimony to those that are visiting. Be careful what you say. And remember what says, utter anything before God? This is God's house. So be careful what you say in church. It's so, so important. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 11, A fool other his mine, but a wise man keep it in till afterwards. It's important. It's important. And then the fellowship of other believers. Now, this is also part of church. Last night, we had a dinner and fellowship together. This guy and I had a friendly debate together uh, talking about the Bible and so on. But you know what? This is all part of the fellowship of church. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.25, Not forsaking the assembly of saints together as a man of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day is approaching. One of the things I remember the most about growing up at church was the fellowship. I liked it. And what I liked about this fellowship was a lot of the men would stick around and they play ping pong. My dad was good at ping pong. And it was neat because as they started doing this, they would start looking around at the basement, and they say, you know what? This over here needs to be done. And this over here needs to be done. You know what? I'm going to come next Saturday. I'm going to do this. And then another man would say, you know, I'm good at landscaping. Uh, you know, I'm going to come bring my lawnmower. I'm gonna, we're going to plant some flowers and cut the grass. And before you know it, they had a whole work party scheduled. Why? Because they were having fellowship together. Isn't that neat? And that's the way it went. And I loved it because uh, every once in a while on Saturdays, the men would go out for breakfast. And always somebody buy my breakfast. That was nice, brother. I used to eat pancakes. I mean, I ate pancakes. And you know what? At that, at that breakfast, they had fellowship together. And again, they were planning things for the church. Why? Because it's important for the men to get together and do things for the church. Because they're, they're, they're the men of the church. It's important. So this is part of the fellowship. And this, these people pray for you. Right now, there are lots of people at Fairhaven praying for my wife. Matter of fact, I've gotten a text from one of the nice men, Jeremiah Mitchell. He's a good friend of mine. He's been texting me almost every day asking how Mrs. Barker is. You know, that means a lot to me. That means a lot to me. And I I suspect that uh, Pastor Mrs. Dameron will probably uh, send somebody over, come over themselves before too long to kind of visit her when she gets a little better. Why? Because this is part of the fellowship of the church, part of the family. And this is part of, and, and if you're not here, you're missing out. And I tell you, you don't come tonight, you're going to miss out on a special little surprise of this guy. I'm telling you, he's kind of special. But this is where else can you be on Sunday night? But come to church and enjoy it, okay? It's so, so important. So important. Now, take your Bibles to Psalms 99, please. And let's look at a different angle here. We talked about getting ready to go to church, behaving in church, but there's something else. And this is done here but also hopefully done at your home. And let's look at this in Psalms 99 verse 1. Psalms 99 verse 1. It says, The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth among the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. Wow. I love this verse. What we're talking about here is meeting God in prayer. When you pray to God, you have to understand the situation. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, they had, of course, the the outer court, then they had the holy place, and then the holy of holies. And in the holy of holies, they had one special piece there that was very important, and that was the Ark of the Covenant. And on the Ark of the Covenant, they had two cherubims facing each other, and the middle was called the Mercy Seat. This is where the high priest would offer up a sacrifice unto God once a year. How important was it to be holy and sanctified? I'll tell you how high. You read Leviticus sometime, and you will end and you will see that they put a bell around this priest, and they also put a rope around his ankle. Because they wanted to hear the bells jingling as he went around his business in there. And if it stopped jingling and he did, they didn't hear anything for a while, God had evidently struck him dead because he did something wrong and his life wasn't right. So they had to pull him out because they couldn't go in the holy place. Wow. Think about how important it is when we come before God. Because it says here, he sitteth among the cherubims. The presence of God. Read Isaiah chapter 6 sometime. Read Ezekiel chapter 1, read Ezekiel chapter 10 and Revelation 4, but especially, especially Ezekiel chapter 1 and Isaiah chapter 6. You get the presence of God with all these cherubims around saying, holy, holy, the Lord God is holy. And this is the presence of God. And we have the privilege as born again Christians living in the church age to come boldly before the throne of grace and find grace and mercy in the time of need. Amen. We have that. But remember, when you're coming before God, you're coming before the presence of God. How important is this? Well, hey, your heart should be clean. Amen? Whether it's here or at home. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 9, Who can say of me by heart clean? I am pure from my sin. And the Bible goes on to say in Proverbs 23, 26, My son, give me thine heart. And let thine eyes observe my ways. Believe me, if your heart is in the right place, your prayer life will totally be different than you expected. You'll be praying for the right things. You won't be praying, Dear Lord, I'm doing this for Brother Patillo, okay? Dear Lord, I want a brand new Porsche. (laughs) Where's he at? He's probably smiling. (laughs) Lord, I want a brand new Porsche. No, 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 I'm not going to be praying for a brand new Porsche, Right? I'm going to say, Lord, I need another vehicle. Can you help me get one? Okay, I'm going to be happy with what God gives me. Okay, I'm not asking for a Porsche, Mercedes Benz. Okay, your prayer is going to be more said. Why? Because your heart's in the right place. You're not lusting for things for yourself. You're asking for things for God's service. Because as we talked about last night, everything belongs to God anyway. So why don't you pray like that and asking God to supply so that you can use it for His service or whatever else you need. It's important that we give our hearts to God. Now, how do we do this? Take your Bible to Psalms 139, please. Psalms 139. 23 and 24. A lot of people have memorized these verses. And if you're looking for some good verses to memorize, I would recommend it very highly. I use these verses all the time when I'm having devotions or when I go out to think and pray, especially trying to prepare to go out to preach. These verses are important. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You say, hey, that sounds like a song. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. You betcha. Where did they get that? Right here from these verses. See what I mean about songs coming from the Bible? Wow. Yeah. But why did that person write this? Because they were convicted of God, how important it is for God to search their heart. Every once in a while, we need to have open heart surgery. Make sure your heart's right before God. And you know what? You get a lot more out of the messages. You get a lot more out of your Bible reading. God will speak to you. It'll make a lot more sense. And besides that, because you're praying for the right things, God will answer your prayers. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. I've been waiting for this. Because of this COVID-19, what do you see all over the place? Wash your hands, right? That's all we do anymore. Wash your hands. I think I've washed my hands more in the last three months. Than <laughs> Every time I turn around, I'm washing my hands, okay? And it reminds me of my childhood. Before we would eat, my mom would always say, go wash in the pool of Siloam. That means wash your hands, Okay. But you know it's important to have clean hands. We don't want to spread the germs. Now do we? No. Well, hey, how about having clean hands before God? Now I'm not just talking about using hands so I'm talking about your heart. Talk about your hands being pure about what you've done. Make sure that your heart is right before God. And this is part of drawing nigh to God, of making sure that your heart is in the right place. Now, in closing, take your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. I want to show you something. These are what I call my heart check verses. Is your heart really right with God? Well, this is a test right here. This is what I love about the Bible. It covers everything, including the kitchen sink. 1 <laughs> John chapter 3, starting at verse 20, it says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Stop right there a minute. Ouch. Have you ever been praying, and as you did, God was convicting your heart of something in your life that didn't belong there? Oh, preacher man, you're hitting where it hurts. Ow! hey, I've been there many times. This is when you need to stop say, well, okay, let's get this straight out right now before we go on, because the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart of something that shouldn't be there. And you think God can answer your prayers with that there? Well, hey, remember, Psalm 66, 18 says what? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Well, here it is. But there's good things here. Uh, you get that taken care of. It goes on to say, but beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, we have what? If our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. And what's what we ask, we receive of Him. Why? Because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Doesn't it make you feel good when you do something right? It does. It makes you feel good inside. Just like we were talking last night, it makes you feel good when you give a special gift when, uh, that you don't have to give and you want to help somebody out. Well, hey, it also feels good to know that you got a clean heart and you're doing what you're supposed to do. I like that. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was thinking, yeah, I do right. I don't get a spanking. Amen. <laughs> well, you know what? There's more to it than that. And this is why your heart should be clean before God. So, maybe you're here today and you say, you know, this is all new to me. I've never heard anything like this before. Maybe this is one of your first times in church. Well, i got some good news for you. All these people here that hear this and say amen and are smiling, there's something special about them. They all know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. They know for sure they're going to heaven. And that's the first step. And we're glad you came to church today. Because before you go, I want to make sure that you know that you have an invitation to accept the Lord Jesus Christ yourself personally. And that you can know for sure that you're going to heaven. I'm so glad my dad preached on the hell that day and that my mom was pulling my ear to behave. Oh, my glad. Because I thought because I was a preacher's kid, I was going to heaven. Boy, was I wrong, amen? I had to realize that I was a sinner. I was lost and I was bound for hell. And that being a preacher's kid had nothing to do with going to heaven. I remember my dad explained it when I got home that Jesus paid it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Jesus paid the price for my sins on the cross of Calvary. God said in his word in John 3.16... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, and he stopped right there and said, that means you and me, believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe it. I believe what? I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and so that alone could get me to heaven. He's the one that paid the price for my sins. There's nothing I can do. I had to put my full trust in him. And when that happened, That settles it. The Bible says I have eternal life. And since the age of eight, I have never doubted once about going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I put my trust in the Lord. I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ my Savior that day. And if you haven't done that, we invite you to do that today. Now, we're going to have an invitation. And when we have this, you don't have to come forward. But if you'd like to come forward, someone would love to talk to you. Or maybe you should see somebody afterwards. See somebody afterwards, and they'd be more than happy to talk to you about salvation. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. I hope this helps you understand a little bit more about coming to church. There's a lot more we could cover, but for time's sake, we won't. But you know, we should take this serious. This is God's house. So Christian, I ask you, is your heart right with God this morning? Or is God convicting you of something you need to get right? Well, hey, now's a good time to do it. Amen? So that you can go on and live the Christian life the way you're supposed to. And God can hear your prayers. Or maybe you're here to say, preacher man, I've I've been hearing about what you said about heaven. And I've never heard this before. And I'd like to hear more about it. Why don't you come and talk to somebody afterwards? They'd be more than happy to help you. Oh, Heavenly Father, I ask that you use this invitation to speak to hearts, and Lord, if somebody's not sure they're going to heaven, they might think about talking to somebody, and Lord, I pray that you might work in the hearts of Christians. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. We'll stand to your feet, Your heads bowed. And